Hey everybody, it's your buddy Jack. Hope everybody's doing well. Notice that, um, if you probably noticed, if you've been listening for a while, I missed uh, um, sending out a couple of uh, podcasts in a week. It's because uh, I ended up with bronchitis, and as you know, in a few sessions prior to last week, I was had some coughing issues going on. Well, those are probably the telltale signs right so here we go let's try and catch up right you know that i've talked about over the years you know i've had a lot of experience in 12-step meetings like aa and na uh, and celebrate recovery man i'm grateful for the time i've spent in those rooms and for the people i've met as well i've met a lot of great people over the next 12 uh well not 12 sessions now because we're um hitting the, the third one but over the next few, right, several, um, I want to dive into the 12 steps, but bear with me. I know it's like, oh, man, I can't even, don't even like to even talk about the 12 steps. Well, bear with me, all right? Just hang in there. Hang in there. I know the 12 steps of AA and NA can, can be long and grueling and come become white noise for some people. And, you know, that's okay. I truly believe that it is a program of suggestions. Right, and people in AA and NA will tell you that they'll help you create or share a list of um, suggestions that have gone on in them rooms for decades, and you can choose to pick those that work for you or not pick any at all, whatever, right, whatever. Some people don't pick any, and that's okay, but I want to take a different angle on those steps, right, um, so again, bear with me. I want to, I've been looking at the take that Celebrate Recovery has on these steps and the way that they are presented in Celebrate Recovery. Again, I know that my podcast is not typically a faith-based podcast, but I've explained before the reason I love the way the steps are presented with Celebrate Recovery is because it's an all-encompassing practice. Right? It's not narrowed down to just an alcoholic or an addict. Um, if you go back and listen to um, the first one, you'll hear that it talks about becoming uh, um, unmanageable, right? And having issues. It talks about having issues with our addictive behaviors and um, compulsive, with our addictions and compulsive behaviors. Um, and that's a big, broad trope, right? So, that's kind of the take I want people to get because it is also a way that the whole family can sort of get in involved and um, regain some recovery. Because uh, you can apply it to anything, any of those steps. Any of these steps that celebrate recovery, the way they laid them out and the verbiage they used, you can see that you can utilize them for just about anything, right? So... With that said, real quickly, some homework. Well, not homework, right, but whatever you want to call it. I'm just hoping that somebody will reach over and hit that support button, (laughs) right? Reach over and hit that support button. I greatly appreciate anything and everything that you feel led uh, to contribute, right? It helps me keep up uh, my computer systems and microphones and, and that sort of thing, right? Man, it's been a good day. Hope it's been a good day for you guys. Um... I know that some of you know that I've worked in addiction treatment, and I've worked in, as a peer specialist, peer recovery support specialist, right? 
Um, I've worked on both sides of, of that's it's pretty much the same coin, I guess. Yeah. And um, right now I'm uh, working as a peer support specialist uh, uh, lead or supervisor um, for the state hospital. And today I spent some time with um, some adolescents on a forensic unit. And uh, man, it's amazing to look back and think back about how soon troubles can really start for kids, right? It's amazing. You know, you take off in the world and you're like, you shouldn't have a worry in the world, but that's not the truth. These teenagers do. I was talking to the boys today. These teenage boys have got a long road ahead of them. And I'm hoping that while they're in for treatment, um, they'll pick up on something that said, by somebody, right? That'll be the pivotal moment of the change in their life. Mm. Anyway, keep those uh, teenage boys in your thoughts and prayers, right? So, step three says, we made a decision to turn our lives and our wheels over to the care of God. <coughs> Again, sorry about the coffin. <clears throat> but we made a decision, right, to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. The way Alcoholics Anonymous Step 3 says, <coughs> made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Some alcoholics intentionally have a hard time with this step. It can be difficult, you know, some because of conflicting feelings about religion or because they do not believe in God. And I've told you the story about the kid that was coming to our Celebrate Recovery meeting. He knew that what he was doing wasn't working. And he knew that he needed to find a way to believe in something bigger than himself. Right? And he came to Celebrate Recovery and one of his hangups was, I'm not sure I believe enough yet. Right? So here he is trying to submit in a God that he still has question about. But he knows that what he's doing is not working. Right? Man, that just, that takes a big leap of faith in my, in my opinion. Right? So, however, this step isn't meant to be a religious obligation. It's meant to help alcoholics rely on something other than themselves to help them abstain from drinking alcohol or for addicts, abstain from using drugs, right? For gamblers, right? Some that you are going to need to turn over to something bigger than you to assist in trying to get it right, right? So in Celebrate Recovery, I read this step a second ago. Here's its biblical comparison. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices only and pleasing to God. All right, uh, let's see. God's mercy. To offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That's found in Romans 12, 1. And when it talks about sacrificing your body, it's not talking about you know, doing anything dangerous to yourself, Right? It just means being willing to completely submit 
right? It's like, not my will, but let your will be done. Right? It's like, I'm God, I'm completely letting go. Right? There are several ways recovering alcoholics, you know, as people say, can use this step to make changes in their lives. Right? And I know, I get it, it's a difficult one, especially if you don't find yourself as being someone of faith, right? Maybe you don't go to church on a normal basis or not at all, right? Um, it is going to be hard. This is why you don't do it alone. This is why you don't do it alone. You find someone to help you move through the steps. That's why some of those rooms utilize sponsors or accountability partners, right? Because it is difficult. Especially if you are one, that you, and even acknowledge that you are one, that have some difficult in this area. Um, and please, if it's something you're really, really, really leaning towards trying to pursue, find someone that can help you. Everybody's got one friend that's mostly obligated to church and has strong faith. So maybe you get together with that friend, right? Some alcoholics drink to forget the um, other painful things in their lives are beyond their control, which is true. Yep, some people do medicate those things. One way um, these alcoholics can use step three is to ask themselves if they have control over something that is upsetting them. Learning to um, let go of things that are beyond their control may be or may help some alcoholics reduce um, the desire to drink. If you can gain some insight on what that is for you, right, and you can gain some acceptance, it does sort of seem to lower the pressure of having to have all the answers, right? It lowers the pressure of having to have all the answers. You got to ask for help. And that's what this step is about. Asking for the help. You got to make the decision to turn your life and your will over to the care of God. Right? I know. I know. I keep saying it. That it's not as easy as, as I'm reading it for some people. That's why you find the help, right? Big point here. Alcoholism and drug addiction, nine times out of ten, are a symptom of other things. I've mentioned that before. They're a symptom of other things, which can be some of the negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions and behaviors that can also be addressed in this step. Hence, CR's reference to Hertz habits, and hang-ups, an all-inclusive step, an all-inclusive methodology, right? It doesn't matter if I'm drinking, if I'm drugging, if I'm eating, if I'm sexing, if I'm angry, if I'm compulsive. I can apply this. I can apply this. Same with your family members, alcoholics, addicts. If they're the ones with control issues, anger issues, depression, anxiety, 
maybe, you know, in all fairness, due to some of the things that you've done, right? They can still apply this step, this step as well. The feelings behind addiction are usually painful. Often, addicts feel they can't deal with pain, anger, frustration, or depression, or anxiety, right? And drink to relieve um, themselves of these struggles. By lear uh, learning to turn over these struggles to some sort of higher power, addicts may begin to feel more capable of dealing with life's challenges, which can help, right? Which can help alleviate the compulsion to use. If you alleviate some of the stressors, okay, you can alleviate some of the pressure or the compulsion to medicate it. That's the goal. Again, keep in mind that with Celebrate Recovery's take on the step, it is just as much about recovering from mental health struggles as it is about any addiction. Right, man, isn't come on now that you gotta believe that is just so so good. There's so much good in that. Right? I remember a couple of people coming to celebrate recovery one night years ago. And it was a father and son. And I remember after he would come to be First, just to be supportive of his son, right? He came in there to be supportive of his son. But inside of three, four weeks, five weeks, he's still coming. Right? We're like, oh, maybe he's got the bug. He's got the celebrate recovery bug, right? And then two, three weeks later, from that even, he's been in more and more of the men's small group portion and all of a sudden he makes mention that he didn't realize that he had his own struggles he would tell you that he came in to be supportive of his son but inside of a couple of months of celebrate recovery he came to understand and see that he had issues too mm. that's because this type of work these steps are all inclusive because you just change a few words and this guy was able to apply it to whatever his issues were. Being more and more open to guidance is key here. Right? It is key. Being more open to guidance is key. Many addicts find it difficult to accept help because of their need to be in control. We probably know a few people like that. Addicts sometimes spend more energy resisting therapists or counselors, right? They, they don't like their suggestions. They tend to balk at their suggestions instead of making changes in their lives. Step three suggests that the addict should instead be open to help from whatever source it comes. Because whatever higher power the addict is working with might be oh might be directing him or her towards better behavior the third step can be one of the most difficult for the people to grasp
And I think it can be. I really do. It can be pretty tough sometimes. And really, I do. I do get it. This can be one of the most difficult for people to grasp. That is why there's so many people in the rooms ahead of you, ready to help you. If you would just take that leap of faith and go find, you know what, start, if you're not sure about your faith yet, and you don't know how you would respond, go try an AA meeting or an NA meeting first. Right? Go do that. The important thing is that you expose yourself to it. Because the process works. The process works. It's important for addicts to understand um, to understand the step in context. Step three is the third of three steps meant to help the addict give up the illusion that he is in control of his use. Addicts often believe that they can control how much they use or how they behave while they're drunk or high and deny that there's a problem. That happens time and time again. They'll try to convince you they have it under control. Despite the evidence to the contrary, even after you point it out, right? So hopefully this step will help people come to see that they need the help of a source a lot greater than them, right? <clears throat> the alcoholic must admit that he has a problem and that he does not have the personal power to stop himself from drinking, drugging, gambling, overeating, right? Whatever the addiction is, you fill in the blank. Then he must come to terms with the idea of seeking a higher power to help him live a better life. Alcoholics Anonymous, the higher power doesn't have to be God. Right? There's a lot of people in the rooms of AA. They start off with something they feel more connected to or that they feel they may understand better. Right? And I've said I get that. That's not me. I told you I do believe in God of the Bible. Right? And I do believe in Jesus Christ. But I also understand that if you've never experienced that either... It can be difficult. The main goal, the main goal is good health, right? Sobriety, good, honest, good health, physically, spiritually, emotionally, right? When you're struggling with mental health issues, good mental health, stability, right? That's the whole picture. That's the ultimate goal. We just may take a different path to get there some of us want to use the regular roads and highways some people choose to take the alley whatever it is that works for you let's just work on getting there let's work on getting there together right so be mindful that you might have to step out of your comfort zone and truly 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 
work on submitting to this. And I promise you, you'll be blessed when you do. You'll be blessed when you do. Don't let the God aspect of recovery push you away. As I said earlier, I have seen that the process of working the steps seems to come easier for people of faith. And it does, because we're already there, right? People who grew up believing in God, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's easier? It's a good question for people of faith who already believe in God <clears throat> and would already call themselves Christians. Why is stuff like this? Why does it seem to be easier? If my God could bring me peace, love, joy, and happiness, you can double dunk me. That's part of the difference. I've seen it work. So I'm ready to dive in. There is no hesitation for people like me. And with Celebrate Recovery's all-inclusive take on this step, you can apply it to any hurt habit or hang-up. Anything. Right? My wife and I um, had a gentleman in CR group years ago, which I've just told you the story a second ago, because um, he popped into my head. And he would tell you that his, his was not believing, despite having a desire to. That was his hang-up. Was not quite sure he could believe, despite having the desire to do so. <clears throat> was incredible, incredible to watch. Maybe it's why it popped into my head twice, I don't know. Somehow, some way, he could feel a tug pulling him toward the desire to have God in his life, yet express his own doubt about it. That was his hang-up. Can you imagine having a heart that is filled with desire to know God but and to be clean and sober? To have sound mental health, but your thoughts are creating fear, creating doubt and insecurity. Because that's where the battle is between your ears, right? We've talked about that before. If that's not spiritual warfare, I don't know what is. At its core, step three tells us to get out of our own way. To understand and turn our will to whatever power it will take. To get us in recovery. It's about admitting we need a power beyond ourselves to beat addiction, to beat depression, to beat low self-esteem, to beat gambling, eating disorders. Whatever it takes to deal with our anger. Or you just need the strength to remove yourself from an abusive situation. Lean on a higher power. I believe that the God I believe in. And who I've watched work in my life can do it for you too. He can do it for you too. Step three is about giving up the power to struggle and deciding to turn your will over to a higher power. Quit the struggling. In this step, you open yourself up to faith, hope, and trust and feel serenity. It's about getting out of your way and allowing your higher power to begin working in your life. Right? 
What does that look like when turning it over? When you take steps one and two, we have learned and accepted that our lives are unmanageable and we are alcoholics, addicts, whatever you want to put in there, and are and a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity or to good health. What if we were to surrender the manageability part? Right? We can surrender a lifetime of self-will run riot by making the decision to turn it all over to a higher power and allow someone and something to care for us. We can stop wearing ourselves out, trying to make and force everything to happen as if we were in charge of everything. Recovery is a spiritual process. And step three is when the doors of hope, faith, and trust are opened, allowing us to once again take a deep breath and feel the serenity, a gift of Sobriety, a gift of good health, a good of, gift of good mental health. The essence of step three is turning over your will, getting out of the way, and begin beginning restored to reality, honesty, being restored to balance and peace of mind. Sounds like a good idea to me, right? Sounds like a good idea to me. Step three of AA, sometimes we're looking, is about seeking knowledge. When working on step three, we take a look at how acting on self-will means behaving with the exclusion of any consideration for others, focusing only on what we want and ignoring the needs and feelings of others. While we were busy pursuing these impulses, we mostly left a path of destruction behind us, and we definitely lost touch with our conscious and higher power. However, while working this third, third step, we begin to focus on um, attention, focus our attention on seeking knowledge for a higher power and his will for us. Making the decision to turn our life and our will over can't do anything else we can do right unless we take the action necessary to turn it over you got to go through the process simply making a decision without following it up with action is meaningless really strive to put the step to work for example you can make a decision to go to a meeting, but if you don't leave your home for the rest of the day, it won't happen. Right? In AA, there are many helpful recovery tools that have worked many times at maintaining sobriety and a connection with the higher power. There's actually a very good effect and simple prayer adapted from the prayer right by the i can't ever pronounce this guy's name reinhold i think is his first name and it's known as the serenity prayer which you know people know 
the serenity prayer, which can help you uh, as you see or are seeking knowledge and make your decision, turn your will over on a daily basis, right? Um, the quick of it is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? But quickly, I want to challenge you. Google the serenity prayer, and you'll know. This is just but one little snippet, a couple of lines out of the whole prayer. There's so much more to it, right? Google it, look it up. Um, this part here um, that everyone knows is just a small piece of the prayer, as I was saying. Um, the Celebrate Recovery meetings always utilize the whole prayer, um, but it's good. It's good. Look it up. Um, it's really neat why the people chose to... Um, sever it and just use these these couple of lines you know maybe because of the god thing i don't know um it is a little bit lengthy but it's not that bad really um look it up it is a pretty neat pretty neat deal right one step at a time that's how it's done in the first step we acknowledge that we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors in the second step, we came to believe that there is a power greater than ourselves who loves us and wants to restore us to wholeness, right? Those first two steps were so important, they established a cause for action. Step three is our first action step. We made the decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. God has given each of us a precious gift, the freedom to choose. That's why I don't really push it. I don't want you to feel like I, that you're hearing from me that it is the only way. It's the only way for me, right? And the only way for a lot of people that taking the faith-based approach was what was going to work, right? But I encourage you to try. Just try. That's all I can ask. Right? It's just try. It was a risky proposition for God to throw himself out there and just sacrifice himself for people who, you know, you don't know what they're going to do. He wanted us to change it for good but knew we might choose evil. He wanted us to choose life. But what if we chose death? He wanted us to choose freedom, but knew we might choose addiction. Still, it was a risk he was willing to take so that he would know. Right? When we ask him into our lives, it is because we had the freedom. We freely chose to have him there. That's the purpose. It's all about free will. This third step offers us the opportunity to choose to surrender our lives to God. An opportunity to choose freedom over our self-will, which always falls short of the mark. Right? It always falls short. 
of the mark. I hope you got something out of talking about step three. <clears throat> I really hope that it's something that you'll look into. Get the family plugged in. You know, and, and I, you, if you have one of those families that feels like it's not my issue, it's yours, you need to fix it, and that's where you start. That's where you start. You're not going to be able to coax your family into doing anything they don't want to do. Right? Because they're going to swear that their behaviors and reactions and responses um, that you see are only due to the things that you're doing to hurt them. But they don't really see that there is some spiritual and emotional damage being done to them too. And it may take them a little bit longer to find it and figure out that that's true. Right? And how do you know that's true? It's because usually when things are better, they still continue to have bad attitudes, still tend to stay angry, resentful. Right? Even when you're doing right, that's how you know. It's something that's stuck on them. That they need to go find some help for too. Right? That's the only way to get the whole family healthy. Is by doing it together. And hopefully doing it all at the same time. And acknowledging each other's struggles. Right? Anyway, thanks for listening. Sorry about the sore throat and the coughing. And of course, coughing hasn't been that bad this time. That's a, that's a good thing. All right? So keep me in your thoughts and prayers too, man. I got to get over this, this crud. So appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be kind to one another. Thank you.